Why Watch That is a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. While nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. So why watch that TV talk? We have a TV talk for you. Yes, we do. What? Really? I know. Yeah, we've been focusing a lot on movies and, we, you know, it's time to get back to TV. We don't have a lot, but enough to wet your whistle. Oh. Wet your whistle. Um, I love the whistle, don't you? Uh <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's serious, folks, because HBO is releasing and has released actually its next set of fantasy movies or TV shows, rather. And this has been a highly anticipated TV show. I mean, people are on the edge of their seats waiting for this. And of course, I'm talking about his dark materials. That mm. is a co-production with BBC. And I feel like HBO's doing a lot more than that. We had Catherine the Great. We had um, Chernobyl. Um, and I'm sure you know a lot more than I do. <laughs> but <laughs> I feel like we're on this track. Usually PBS is bringing out the big guns. Uh, but it looks like HBO is allowing for more variety, shall we say. Of, of BBC. It's eight episodes um, and it will have a second season, we think. So, there that is. Yeah. It has a they cast <laughs> that we are very familiar with. Not our all not all of them are English. Mm. Lynn. Um, but <laughs> it, there are some people that you do recognize. Do tell us about his dark materials. Ooh, so I've just seen the first episode. That's it. And it is based on the book series. Now, remember way back, Ref, we had no. the movie. <laughs> <laughs> we had the Golden Compass. Remember that? Yes, that's what I was going to say. It looks, like the, it looks like a cross between the Golden Compass and uh, Narnia. Well, the Golden Compass is the first book in this series, uh... in his Dark Materials book series. So it's the same story. Um, but, you know, they hope to have a movie series out of that, but The Golden Compass didn't do well enough. No, it didn't. <laughs> yeah. So now they've done the TV show of it. I have read the books. I've read the series. Hmm. Okay? Years ago. I read it before The Golden Compass came out. Oh, oh look at you. Mm. So it's based on the novel series of the same name, His Dark Materials by Philip Pullman. Uh, and what we have in the first episode is we're introduced to the main character, Lyra Balakwa. Uh, and she's a girl, played by Daphne Keene. And her parents are gone. She's an orphan. Her uncle is Lord Asriel, played by James McAvoy. Now, at the time, in the opening, she's a babe, she's young, and, you know, she needs to be protected because something's going on in this world. Now, this is not Earth. Oh, okay. I won't say more than that, but they will reveal and explain that 
as you watch the series. But it's Earth-like. Hmm. So, Lord Asriel takes Lyra to be protected by the scholars at Oxford. Yes, there's an Oxford in this world. Okay. And in particular at Jordan College. And the head there is played by Clark Peters. He's the master. So they take her under her under their wing. And while she's there, she befriends a boy. Hmm. Oh, yes. And uh, this little boy is not quite in the same position that she's in. He has to work for his keep. Mm. So time progresses. She grows up a bit. I think she's like 12 or something when the main action starts to happen. And what's happened is Lord Asriel has left her at Jordan College because he's gone north to investigate a substance they call dust. Now, what does this dust signify? It has some attraction to adults, not to children. Why? Also, children now in the in the uh, pushing forward from when Lyra went to Jordan College the first time. So at this moment now in the main action, children are disappearing. Hmm. What does that have to do with anything? Is all of this stuff connected? That's the question. Now, Lord Asriel makes a huge discovery that is uh, in line with what's going on with the dust. And he decides to come back to Oxford with this information, but it's very dangerous for him to do so. So dangerous that the master of Jordan College wants to stop him, but how? And a witness to all of this is Lyra. Uh-huh. So we have all of this kinds of shady things going on, my friends, behind the scenes. And in the first episode, they don't give it all away, of course. Now, another thing that you should know in this world is your soul has a physical presence. And that physical presence is an animal, a literal animal that goes around outside of your body. It speaks, it talks to you, it's your soul. And they call these souls demons. Now, this is D-A-E-M-O-N. Oh, boy. Hmm. Hmm. Now, where is that going? And when you're a kid, your demon can change into all different kinds of animals. Oh, Lord. But once it picks its final shape, that's when you've grown up. So how do these demons work in this story, right? What happens if it's demon versus demon? Huh? Okay, now, after this unearthing of what's going on with the dust, there's an uproar at Jordan College, and the master loses control of this. And this leads to Lord Asriel wanting to go go back to where he was to continue this discovery, because this is major, major, kind of like science fiction stuff, is what we would say. I'm not going to give it away. But Lyra also needs to leave the college because there is a prophecy about what she will do in the future that she doesn't know about. And it's destined that she leaves. And while she doesn't know this, she does meet a character played by Ruth Wilson. Her name is Marissa Coulter. And this is who uh, Nicole Kidman played in the Golden Compass, that character. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So, wait a minute. Marissa, can you trust her or not? She's very interested in Lyra. She's not so interested in Lyra's friend. Because Lyra goes, I want him to come with me. Marissa's like, okay. 
But does that happen? At the end of episode one, something happens that's not so good. And this sets Lyra on the path to where she's going to end up eventually. Okay. Okay. And by the way, in episode one, there is no Lynn Manuel Miranda. Oh, well, so we'll have to wait for his appearance. Featured. Yeah, yeah. Mm, he's coming. Don't oh. worry. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Because there's an adventure that's about to happen that'll take you to places if you don't know the book series that you have no idea where it's going. You have no idea. None. Oh, wow. Interesting. Now, here's what I have to say about this. You mentioned Wrath the Golden Compass. Makes sense. You also mentioned Narnia. Yeah, I know it's polar opposite philosophy. (laughs) (laughs) And on purpose, I think it's based on um, Paradise Lost, basically flipping it on its head. It's flipped, that's right. It is a flip. Now, how do things flip and what does the flip mean? You'll find out if you watch it. Um, Now, I'll also throw in there the early Harry Potter films. Hmm, interesting. That's kind of where we are. If you think of the beginning of Harry Potter, the very first movie, it's kind of got that feel in the first episode. I didn't feel the urgency that you get from the book, though. That is my knock. It felt a little too laid back. Okay, that's what I would say. Um, Now, I'll see. I haven't watched the second episode yet. I'll get to that, and I'll see, and I'll keep tracking it. Um, But I hope that they find the urgency here. It looked good and Mm -hmm. it was professional. And I know they're setting up the story. That's Mm kind of how it felt in episode one. Who knows where it's going after that? Mm -hmm. Uh, The cast, like you said, is very strong. And I think that if uh, you haven't read the book, but you're a fan of fantasy and you're okay dealing with a bit of science fiction in there, Mm. then you can check this out. I just hope, here's my my concern. I hope it's not just going to be what we do for kids. I hope they get the whole point, which is, uh, no, you got to take it there for this kind of story. They probably will. Um, Of course, I'll update things as we get more episodes. Dublin Murders on Stars. Yes. Ooh, that's the same Yeah. Eight episodes in total. You know where Dublin is. You know what murder is. But do you know what Dublin murders is? Mm. We're about to find out. Wow. This is also based on a book series. Another. Oh my gosh, can we do anything? <laughs> and it's called The Dublin Murder Squad by Tana French. I haven't read this. Um, and this first uh, season is based on the first two books of that series. Okay. So here's what happens at the opening. There's a guy, he looks tortured, he's sitting down, he's talking to a woman. He's talking about how, essentially, people who are murdered, maybe they're the lucky ones, and the ones who don't get murdered are the ones who aren't so lucky. Oh, what? At the end of this conversation, the woman says to him, you'll never see me again, and leaves. Locks him in. Is this a cage? What's going on? What happened? We go back in time four months and we learn that the year is 2006 and there are two detectives. One, his name is Rob and the other, his partner is Cassie. They were the two people talking to each other in the first scene. Okay, but they're very close and they have been assigned to investigate a murder. Uh, I think it's like a 12 year old ends up her body ends up in the forest, dead. Oh, so what happened? 
what's this about? And someone says that this reminds them of something that happened in the 80s. In the 80s, there were some murders of children. And as a result of this, Cassie looks at Rob and says, we don't need to be investigating this. I'm gonna figure out a way for us to be off of it. And he's like, really, you sure? She's like, yes, because you don't need to be doing this. Why not? Now, as we go through this uh, episode, we do have some flashbacks. We see these kids that uh, were victims in the 80s. But how does this relate to what we're seeing now? That's the question. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you by the end of the episode, you do find out. Mm. So that's, I think, enough, actually. Okay. And here's what I'll say about Dublin Murders, the first episode. If you like this kind of show where it's detectives from across the pond and, you know, we have these murders they have to deal with, it's fine. It's professional based on the first episode. And then they do have this whole twist about who's whom here, what was actually going on in that first scene that we see we're going to, you know, just rush our way into by the end of this season. So all of that's fine. It looked fine. It worked fine in order to watch a second episode. But my question for them will be, are they just going to be content to be fine, to be kind of like laid back? Or are they going to give us more urgency? Urgency is such an important thing. I, you know, Ref, at this time of year, we see a lot of TV shows. We see a lot of movies at the same time. Yep. So this is something I will constantly be looking for. Do not waste our time. Up the ante. Let me tell you something. Just as a segue, and we'll move on. Uh, Grey's Anatomy's last episode. That is what I'm talking about, where I was like, y'all really did that? They they killed somebody that was not expected. It was harsh. Oh. And it I was like, oh my goodness. And then I started laughing, because this is what I'm talking about. Lay these people out. They set up this whole character where you go, oh my goodness. And and this character was interconnected with all of these different characters in an important way. And it was all of this stuff going on dead. (laughs) Mm. Do it. Okay, what's next? Well, dear goodness, I'm not advocating for people to die, but. No, but you know, lay them out. This is us. Lay them out. Well, okay, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Want to check back in? There was this last episode that I was like, "Oh man, I." Oh, it's Deja, and she meets her, you know, and it was very well done. So you know, it's touch and go. You you if you leave a show, it may come back, and then it may not as well. So who knows? <laughs> um, let's move on to. Dear goodness, I figured I felt like this should have ended 15 seasons ago, but only in season 10. Um, only. Shameless on Showtime. Now, is this the last season? No. Good gracious. <laughs> talk about talk about a show that gets rid of like main people easily. Shameless is back for its season premiere, and I believe this is the first season where we're missing some people. Um, And the question is, with these key people gone, and I mean key people, we're not talking about 
secondary characters. We're talking about key people. How will this fan out? Are we tired of this family? Are we more interested to see if they could grow? Is anybody learning anything? Or are we just still shameless? Well, you know it's shameless. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> now, this is the first season without Emmy Rossum really as the lead. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's the lead, not William H. Macy. She was the lead. She was really the heart of the show, Ref. She was the part for me that I would, she's the character I cared about. I don't care about none of the rest of these people. She was the one. She was the one if she did something uh, wrong or if something bad happened, you felt it. So I'm like, okay, that's kind of the heart of your show. What are you going to do without her? Well, in the first episode, we are reintroduced to everybody and where they are after season nine. And we, of course, still have Frank, the supposed patriarch, played by William H. Macy, who is still up to no good, who is still trying to freeload off of his kids, who is still not doing what he's supposed to do. And at the moment, he is trying to milk an injury that has healed in order to continue to get oxy. Mm -hmm. Now, his good buddy that he met, met last season is still there. And they're still acting like a couple of fools. Oh. Okay. Now, going down the family, there is the oldest son, Lip. He and his girlfriend, of sorts, is expecting a baby. And this girlfriend is nuts. But while pregnant, she turns into just loving being. He can't believe it. He doesn't understand. Well, what do you think happens by the end of this episode? Mm -hmm. Now... Moving on from him, there is Carl, who is the second youngest son. He's off at military school. And in this episode, we see that it's his last day there. And he has spent the night in a cage. Mm, they locked him up. And they're like, look, we're going to graduate you. And then we never want to see you again. <laughs> and we will alert the Pentagon <laughs> not to let you join the mil military, the armed forces. Oh my, okay. Now, why did he get himself in this pickle? You find out, and it wasn't, he didn't do it for the reason he thought he was doing it for. I'll put it that way. Ridiculous. And his girlfriend shows up, uh, and they have a whole thing that's ridiculous. Now, moving on from him, we do have, well, we have the second oldest daughter, who's Debbie. Debbie has had a child. The child is growing up. Debbie's taking care of the child. Debbie has now replaced Fiona, who was played by Emmy Rossum. And Fiona, before she left, left Debbie $50,000 to take care of the family with. So Debbie has a plan for this money. She's very responsible. Frank, you can forget it, by the way, she tells him. This is going to, most of it's going to things we all need, the rest of it will be discretionary and we will split that evenly. And by the way, Frank, because you messed up our couch, you are now $600 in the hole because <laughs> we got to get a new couch. Like this is where she is. And she tells everybody, I am not Fiona. I will not pick up after you. I will not do your laundry. I got my own kid to take care of. But she does have a little secret hideout. And you'll see what that means. This is something that she's indulging herself in in order to feel good. Hmm. Now, moving forward from there, the youngest son of the family, who's black, we always have to say this. Yeah, you do. 
he has embraced his blackness this started in the previous season he's met a black friend he moved into the friend's house <laughs> ate all the good food with the church well they bribed him back into this house but they have not gotten him away from his blackness he is now taking a class on black history with <laughs> their neighbor fiona's best friend uh and, and her name is veronica who's also black mm-hmm so, you know, it seems like every day he's dressed up as a new black figure. And, you know, so people are like, who are you today? And they none of them get it except for Ver- Veronica. V is like, oh, Frederick Douglass. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he's got, he's got a, a bush and all of this kind of craziness. So that's his whole thing. And he's like, look, I had my terms to come back into this house that you must meet. And if you don't, I'm out. So, for instance, his the bathroom is his from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. <laughs> okay. okay and then speaking of the neighbors veronica her husband uh the husband you know he's getting older and he wants to rekindle his fire so how does he do this right because he doesn't want to be seen as an old man now the reason that he's so concerned is he decides to go play pickup basketball and they don't want to give him the ball and when they do it doesn't go well he tries to blame his shoes V's like, it ain't the shoes, you're old. He was like, wait a minute, you told me I wasn't old. (laughs) So what's a way for him to get back to his youthfulness? It's shameless. And okay, so, and it lives up to that in every way. Oh boy. And then of course, as we move forward, we're going to see how all of this plays out. Now, in the first episode, not every character has come back. We know that the second oldest son is locked away with his ex. So how's that going to turn out? They will be coming up next. I'll say that. And we'll see where everything goes. Now, as a review, again, I started by saying that we don't have Fiona. We don't have Amy Rossum. That was the heart. I didn't find a new heart in episode one of season 10. But I was entertained. I'll put it that way. So uh, we'll see where they go. Do they need to replace Fiona? Not necessarily. Can they? I don't think so. Hmm. Um, But the thing is, will the show still have that kind of pull that was outside of the comedy? We'll see. I mean, at the end, they start having those kinds of things. Was it as successful as before? Not, but it's good. It's still good. Well, let's move on to something very special. We both got a chance to watch in its entirety a new installment of this beloved TV show, new season. And of course, no, not even of course, because this doesn't come out to the 17th. Listeners, we are giving you a sneak peek of the new season of The Crown. What? Yes, both the critic and I got a chance to watch the season and we have a new queen as well as a new prince and as well as other new prime ministers (laughs) (laughs) but we don't say fully goodbye to everyone i mean we do in some things but we want to just say that if you are just itching to not hear anything not one word about the crown, then maybe this is your time to sayonara and sign off. We, however, are going to give you our thoughts. I already gave you a sneak, sneak peek. This is our official together sneak peek of the third season of The Crown on Netflix. Mm. 
Wow. Look, like you were saying, whole new cast. Well, except for like two. <laughs> two. Yeah. And one of them doesn't last long. Yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> so it's like, how can you reboot the show almost? Now it's the same characters, but they've aged. Yeah. So we've gone forward in time, many, many years. Yeah, 60s. So we're now in the mid-60s to the mid to late 70s-ish. Mm-hmm. That's where we live in this season. And now Olivia Coleman, yes. Winner of Best Actress Oscar last year. She's playing Queen Elizabeth II. Mm-hmm. And in the first episode, I'll put it to you this way. She gets some news that she didn't see coming. <laughs> okay. And this news leads to this. Now, these themes in the crown are the same. It's how the crown isolates you, uh, isolates you from everybody. And how that affects who you are, you can't express who you really are. It has to be sublimated in order to serve the country, which is paying taxes to support you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how does this work? Can you ever be who you really are? And by extension, in the first episode, can you trust anybody? Huh. Hmm. So that's where we start. We start with this this episode where you're kind of like, okay, from Queen Elizabeth II's perspective, she's on an island. She can't trust anybody. You always have to be wary. You have to watch what you say. And you can't even trust the people who are supposed to protect you because maybe, maybe they don't have all the information they need. This is where it starts. Now, if as we move forward, what happens always in The Crown is we have certain uh, points in history that they use as markers from episode to episode. And then we see how The Crown is affected and influenced by that. So we still have that going on in this season. And as we go through the other characters, there's, of course, Elizabeth II's husband, Prince Philip, this time played by Tobias Menzies. Yeah, you're going to you talked about this before in your, in your teaser. <laughs> yeah, you talked about in your teaser, he's the, the villain from Outlander. So he comes in and he is having a midlife crisis. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of like what I talked about with the character from Shameless. He wants to get back his vigor. He's over-exercising. All of this stuff happens. And during this time period, keep in mind, what happened in space? Mm-hmm. Landed on the moon. Yeah, he's a pilot. This inspires the yeah. prince, right? Mm-hmm. But is what he's expecting what he's going to get? Mm. Hmm. Now there's, of course, is Elizabeth II's sister this time, played by Helena Bonham Carter. Princess Margaret is married. Is she happy? (laughs) Is she ever happy? Remember, she's the one who said, I was born to be the queen. And in a flashback, we see early on how uh, Queen Elizabeth II and her sister, they kind of made a pact on how to handle this. Did it work? Somebody put them in place. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody looked right down his nose. (laughs) I thought of you. (laughs) And that actor is amazing. Love him. Oh, my gosh. So, we see echoes of that now in this season as they're adults, too. Because still, the question is, what's Margaret going to do? Now, she has a chance to really show who she is 
she goes on this vacation where she meets the American president, LBJ. And it's very important. Does she succeed? Oh boy. And regardless, what's her style? <laughs> okay. Now the hubby, he don't want nothing to do with her. He wants to be in his, uh, he wants to deal with his phot photography. That's what he does. If something happens, he's out, he's filming it. That's what he wants to do. But is there anything else he'd like to do? No, you know it. And what's going on with their marriage? Because Princess Margaret is like, I don't believe in divorce. Mm-hmm. Well, in the end, is that still true? Mm. So that's a whole thing that you get splashes of. There's one big episode about them and then another at the end of the season. Now, don't forget, we've gotten older. And remember that Prince Philip and Queen Elizabeth II, they have children. Oh, yeah. And we know the main one, the oldest, Prince Charles. Mm, the future king. And he is now, <laughs> and he is now of university age. Now he is a thespian. For real. Th th thespian. <laughs> <laughs> the first time we see him, he's looking in a mirror with makeup, reciting lines, ready to go on stage. Shakespeare. This is what he wants to do. And he's good at it. Yeah, he is. But you're a royal. And you you're the future are, king. You're next. There you go. You're, you're the king to be. So there's certain things you got to do. And in this uh, season, we see how he comes to be the Prince of Wales. What does that mean? How do the Welsh people receive uh -oh. him? Uh -oh. That's a whole thing yeah, that affects his life. Okay? Mm. What does that mean? Also, his uncle. <laughs> oh you should play him. I love him. The Duke of Windsor, uh, uh, who was the former king, remember, played this time by Derek Jacoby. And we see what has happened over the years. Has this man changed? Does he have any regrets? Or is he kind of like, whatever, I am who I am. And what about that wife of his? Oh. Now, Prince Charles and his uncle, they have a connection. I'll put it that way. And I should say his great uncle because it's literally what he is. Yeah, yeah. They have a connection. They were, well, remember, the Duke of Windsor, before he was king, he was the Prince of Wales. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they see each other. And uh, then, of course, we get more and more. We get other events other than what happened in landing on the moon. Some of it is very tragic. Oh my God. And here's oh. what I'll say. Do you want to review first or should I? Yeah, let me go. Um, okay. Because I, I gave it a, a lot of my thoughts or initial, uh, just a skimp through. I will say, because I know you're going to end differently. Mm -hmm. I will say that there is one episode that really stands out to me and you alluded to tragic. I, it, it, the crown usually teeters a bit. It doesn't fully go all the way into the depth of maybe what it may feel like wearing the crown is especially in the first two seasons there is one episode where it's a heavy heavy crown that the queen must wear because something so tragic so disturbing i felt it was so disturbing to me that i had to pause it mm. and gather myself because of the thought of this tragedy happening during our modern times today would send many people into a 
very unhealthy spiral. It, it, just prepare yourself. It's not gory, but to know that this happened in history is very hard to swallow and take. And that was the first time. It was, That wasn't the first episode. No. It was maybe like the third episode or the second or third episode. I was like, okay, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? And then when you get there, you realize that, okay, they are willing to go certain places. And we see how the crown has to respond to that. And I will say this. I'll give this away. This, when you get to that episode, is an instance in the queen's life that it has marked her forever. I'll yeah. just say that. It's marked her forever. Regret. Yes, the biggest regret. Um, but it, it's forever marked her. So I thought that was well done. For the most part, I thought it was a little heavy-handed on the writing. Like trying to draw... Like what season one and two did naturally because we're learning with the queen. You know, we're learning how this works. We're learning um, what to do and what not to do. We go through a couple mistakes. We, we don't go through a couple mistakes. We're seeing the regime change from the first two seasons. Now she is it. And the connection that I felt with Claire Foy, I don't, I didn't quite feel it with with Emily, and it's not because of her acting. Um, Olivia, Olivia, I'm sorry, Olivia. Mm -hmm. It's not because of her acting. She's brilliant, but it was because the writing didn't. We we ventured off into everyone else's lives, and you have a right to do that as 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 a, a TV show. The crown isn't just the one who wears it. The crown is it. It call. I mean, she calls upon some people to do stuff like, you all know what's going to happen with Prince Charles, but you know, you get to see that play out. Oh, <laughs> some, some a love story. Yes, oh. you you get to see that play out, and when the crown calls, the crown calls. So I get that. I just miss the connection with the actual queen. I missed it. And there's this one moment, and I'm handing it off to you. There's this one moment at the very end where her and um, the prince, her husband, they were, you know, she's been spending a little time somewhere else. And, you know, she's into her horses. And he, you know, <laughs> comes in and he's like, where, basically, where you been? And she's like, I was out and about. What about you? And, you know, they, he's jealous a little bit. And then something happens. And I rewound it like twice. Something happens where we see a glimpse where you can see Olivia Coleman just be her self in the in the skin of the queen rather than just sort of this, you know, this emotionless. And I can say emotionless because you'll see why. An emotionless, yeah. um, you know, paperweight basically just carrying the crown. Um, so yeah, I did. I wasn't. I, I'm. I wasn't as satisfied. I did not think this was its strongest season. I still stand by season one and season two a little more, but um, I do think that they have a right to venture off into how the crown really affects because sooner or later they, um, you know, we're going to see some of the seeds, shall we see, say, the seeds that have been sown, we're going to see a crop grow that affects us even today, so. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we 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 definitely see this season differently. Um, for for me in season three, like what you talked about, there is a distance now, uh, more of a distance because there always has been a distance, but more of a distance, really, between Queen Elizabeth II and everybody. She has been in this role for a long time now, and you can see it. And to me, 
for some reason that connected me more. I don't know why. Mm. I was watching her going, I get exactly the bind that she's in. When these prime ministers are coming in. And they roll in. Big ones in <laughs> yeah. When they come in, even that the first time she meets one, and this is after she's discovered the thing I was talking about earlier yeah, in yeah. episode one. Like the way they use that, I was like, I get it. So to me, I felt uh, the isolation of being queen more in this season. And to me, for some reason, it worked. They, I had more room to think. I'll put it to you that way. If you want to ruminate, they'll give you that. It's not as hot in certain spaces, especially not that opening, opening episode, which takes me to the last one, which was very hot. And that's when I was kind of like, where, why are we doing this? And then you see why at the end. Um, all of the stuff with everybody else, I, I enjoyed. The only, the Princess Margaret stuff to me, I don't know was quite fully realized. That's my knock for this season. I think the Prince Charles stuff was great. Yeah, it's good. They yeah, they developed that very well. Um, so you have all of these things going on. You talked about that episode that was absolutely tragic, just beautifully handled. And again, all of these things tell us something about the crown, because that's the title the crown and by extension queen elizabeth ii so even when she's not there you can feel it you can feel where you're going okay how is this going to affect her and this is just making her more of who she already has been so look if you like seasons one and two of course you need to watch season three if you haven't started the crown we definitely suggest that you do so on Netflix, just 10 episodes per season. We will get a season four after this with the same cast. And I do have to say, there is, it is um, almost magical that they were able to replace this cast and it not fall apart. Like no. That, I have to, you know, I have to commend them for that. And you can even see some of the parallels. They don't look alike, but it makes sense. Tobias Menzies, by the way, as Prince Philip, I don't think they could have casted it better. He, I mean, he no, looks, they look, they actually, it makes sense. Yeah. It makes, um, it makes But you won't sense. be able to see this until the 17th, so <laughs> you'll have to remain on the edge of your seat. And again, uh, The Crown is going into, uh, go, it, we're not ending here because the way they ended it, what a tragedy that would be if, they, if Netflix yeah. was like, that's it. But um, <laughs> we, will, we will definitely see your thoughts on this. Um, and that's kind of what we're where we at with TV right now. I mean, we're hmm. focusing on on the Watchmen. We're focusing on other shows that we can't wait to talk about um, when they swing back around to its finale. But for right now, there are plenty of shows that you can keep you busy until then, namely the ones we just talked about. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.